It is Thursday, April 14th, and this is People Every Day. Hello again, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein. I've got to be honest with you guys. My baby girl was up and down all last night. I think she's teething again, but I have reached the perfect level of caffeine for the day and am ready to go. We have another busy show for you, so let's hop to it. What do you spend your money on when you can buy anything? Apparently, 240 characters or less. Elon Musk, who with a net worth of $219 billion, wants to buy Twitter. The Tesla and SpaceX CEO purchased a 9.2% interest in the company a few weeks ago and now has an offer on the table to buy the company outright for roughly $43 billion. On Wednesday, Musk sent a letter to Twitter's chairman of the board, Brett Taylor, where he stated his desire to take the platform private and said, quote, I invested in Twitter as I believe in its potential to be the platform for free speech around the globe. And I believe free speech is a societal imperative for a functioning democracy. The entrepreneur later added, Twitter needs to be transformed as a private company. I'm still not exactly sure what this means for the social media landscape, but I do know Musk has been very vocal about adding a Twitter edit button. And that's something I know a lot of folks can get behind. Moving on, Saturday Night Live alum Molly Shannon has been making the rounds promoting her new memoir, Hello, Molly. In it, the 57-year-old actress and comedian shares some intimate and harrowing moments from her life and career. So here's a few Cliff's notes. Shannon opens up about a tragic car crash when she was four years old, where her mother, three-year-old sister, and cousin all tragically died. Her father had been drinking and was driving the family home from a day-long party when he sideswiped the car and swerved into a light pole. She went on to share how the crash impacted her family and left them all with physical and emotional scars for decades to come. Molly goes on to share that she was able to make peace with her father before he passed away. Now, in the book, Shannon also detailed meeting the late Different Strokes star Gary Coleman and claims he forced himself on her. Now, this story and the next one we get into will detail claims of sexual assault. Shannon told the story on Howard Stern's Sirius XM show on Tuesday. They met at Coleman's penthouse suite in a meeting arranged by their mutual agent. At first, she said Coleman was very sweet. But then when they were alone, he began tickling her before allegedly forcing himself on her. Take a listen. It was going on and on, repeating. I would throw him off. He would get back on, throw him off. So then I finally get him off. And then I go to the bathroom and then he grabs onto my leg. And I was like, I was like, kick him off like that. And then I go lock myself in the bathroom like this. And then he sticks his hands under the door and he's like, I can see you. Shannon laughs about it now, but she goes on to say she left by sprinting out of the bathroom. Stories like these are never easy to hear, but hopefully illuminating that kind of behavior will continue to reinforce the messaging behind the Me Too movement. Well, Molly Shannon's book sounds incredibly interesting and not at all what I expected. And in the realm of interesting celebrity stories, there is another chapter unfolding in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard defamation trial. We're going to get into it, though it's another discussion detailing sexual assault allegations. So just a warning to those listening who might be affected. 
back to a story that seems like we have been covering for years now. I am talking about the case between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. As a reminder, Depp is suing Heard for defamation over the 2018 op-ed she wrote in the Washington Post about surviving domestic violence. As a refresher, she never mentioned him by name, but nonetheless, here we are. After tons of delays, the trial is officially on its way at the Fairfax County Courthouse in Virginia. Now, in 2020, Depp lost his libel suit against the UK publication The Sun, which called him a, quote, wife beater. Heard testified in that case, and the court held up the outlet's claims as substantially true. Now, fighting this defamation case has taken a lot of time and money and really just keeps pushing these claims back into the public eye. I mean, here we are talking about it again, right? So to help me get into what is going on now and all of the other stars getting involved is People.com's movie editor, Nigel Smith. Hey, Nigel. Hello. I think my first question here is, why do you think they want to keep doing this? Specifically, Johnny, why is he putting himself through this trial? I really don't think Amber Heard wants any part in this. She does not want to be there. This is Johnny Depp suing her for defamation for that Washington Post op-ed, as you mentioned. And he really just wants to clear his name. I've spoken to his legal team about this. Obviously, I'm also in contact with Amber Heard's legal team surrounding this trial, which is said to be taking place for, for six weeks. And we're just in the first week now. And Johnny Depp really feels that Amber Heard's words, even though she never named him by name in the op-ed, have damaged his career, his reputation, his standing in Hollywood. I mean, this is an actor who was once one of the highest grossing actors in the world. And now he doesn't really have any film franchises to to his name. He was forced to resign from his role in the Fantastic Beasts franchise with his role recast with Mads Mikkelsen. There were supposed to be some new Pirates of the Caribbean movies coming out, but those are in limbo just based on the way the public views him now. I mean, the first day was the opening statements and in it, a herd side that said that Depp inflicted many forms of abuse on her to her, including physical, emotional, verbal, psychological, as well as, I think this was the first time hearing this, sexual violence at the hands of her ex-husband. He, of course, denied the allegations. And he said specifically what she has claimed in court is fictitious. Now, I want everyone to take a listen to this. And I want this all to end. Her to go heal, him to go heal. You know, so many people have been affected by this malicious lie that she started and she created. And it's gone out the door and around the world. That is the voice of Isaac Baruch, who is Johnny's longtime neighbor and friend who is testifying on his behalf. Now, yesterday, some text messages came up in court between them that did not seem to help the case. So can, can you walk us through those? He had his friend take to the stand to t- testify on his behalf. Herdside, who spoke to him after in cross-examination, they brought some text messages up that Depp had exchanged with Isaac. They got Isaac to confirm the validity of these text messages, which Isaac did. And in it was some very strong language directed to Heard. I'll warn listeners that this is a little sensitive, but in the text messages that he wrote to his friend Isaac, he said he hopes that her rotting corpse is decomposing in the effing trunk of a Honda Civic. And then he used the C word when referring to his ex-wife, saying that they had a cool life for a while. 
And then Isaac was asked by the lawyers whether he'd ever seen any violence inflicted upon Miss Heard, and he said, no, never. Although the text messages were obviously very disturbing and the language was very strong and, and hard to stomach, it is important to note that Isaac did give a very impassioned plea on behalf of Johnny just for Amber to allege to stop her alleged lies. That has been getting a lot of pickup on social media. His Johnny Depp's fans obviously seized upon how emotional Isaac got in defending his friend. Whether that bears any weight with the jurors will, remains to be seen. Has Amber, you know, been saying anything at this moment in time? Well, she hasn't commented since the trial began, but she's been there every day. It's quite fascinating to watch her and Johnny Depp be in the same room together, you know, because during the, the UK libel trial, there are obviously no cameras in the room. So this is a very different case. On Monday, she actually went to Instagram and told her fans that she would be avoiding all social media until after the trial, thanked them for their support and said in part, hopefully when this case concludes, I can move on and so can Johnny. I have always maintained a love for Johnny and it brings me great pain to have to live out the details of our past life together in front of the world. Well, Nigel, thank you for coming and updating us. We just want these two to be able to move on from this situation. It's been so many years, I can only... Hope that to happen sooner rather than later. <laughs> Spring is in the air, so we're bringing in fashion expert Andrea Laventhal to give you all the best wardrobe tips for those upcoming patio parties, weddings, remember those, and of course, looks that can work for that upcoming Easter brunch some of you may have planned. But first, the Kardashians are back even though it feels like they never left. <laughs> Their new reality show is now on Hulu. And in case you haven't watched, I'm taking you through the biggest moments from the premiere. We'll be right back. everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. We're back and it's time for another trip to Kardashian land. One of the big stories to come out of their new Hulu reality series, The Kardashians, was Courtney opening up about her first kiss with Travis. You'd think Travis Barker, a literal rock star, would have had all of the confidence in the world to make a first move. But from what she said, it sounded very high school. He asked me to watch a movie and the whole movie, he didn't make a move. Who went in for the first kiss? Me. I did. He was taking a long time. The movie was over, and then I was like, we started another movie, and I was like, I don't have time for this, like movie marathon, so I made the first move. I mean, good for Courtney for not being afraid to make the first move, right? But that story is just so funny to me. And of course, you knew we were going to hear from Courtney's on-again, off-again, I think 
officially off-again boyfriend of more than a decade and father to her three children, Scott Disick. During the premiere, Disick said, now that Courtney's got her life with Travis, as hard as it is, it does give me a place to finally be able to move on. But he also mentioned that he now feels, quote, left out of the family. Now, in Kimland, apparently there are rumors swirling regarding the release of unseen footage from Kim's infamous sex tape that first made the rounds back in 2007. Kim broke down into tears recalling how her son, Saint, saw a pop-up of her on the internet. And a f***ing thing popped up and he started laughing. I was like, Mommy, look, and it was a picture of my cry face. And it was a game that someone made of Roblox. And it said Kim's new sex tape. When you clicked on it, thank God he can't read yet. And it's like over my dead body, is this shit gonna happen to me again? Kim also said she's 99.99% sure there isn't any actual more footage, but was ready to take action against anyone she needed to, telling her lawyer to, quote, sue the ish out of people. So many tears, so much drama, and it's just the first episode, you guys. I can only imagine what's to come with a K. Spring has sprung. Wedding season is here and weddings are back, by the way. I have two back-to-back ones next weekend. And I don't know about you guys, but I am always looking for ways to spruce up my wardrobe. So luckily, I know someone who can help us stay up to date on the latest trends without breaking the bank. So joining me now is People Style and Beauty Director, Andrea Laventhal. Hey, Andrea. Hi. So it's so nice that you have weddings coming up because I'm at the point in my life where my friends are getting divorced. So we're like more doing divorce parties. Okay. (laughs) Well, I always need a little pop of color in my wardrobe. So what color slash colors are you, as well as the good folks over at Pantone, recommending this season? What we're seeing this season, and I think it's a sort of response to the sadness of the last two years, like the dullness, is what we call dopamine dressing. And that is super bright, saturated colors. It's much easier than it looks. You literally take one shade that you like and you wear it head to toe. So Kelly green dress, match it with a Kelly green bag and shoes and even a blazer or a little sweater. And your friends are going to be super impressed that you have such sartorial skills. You are a crayon. Picture yourself as a crayon and dress accordingly. Okay. Well, let's talk accessories because, you know, shoes, bags, jewelry, like what are you thinking this season? Listen, everyone's excited about a tiny bag when you have a tiny assistant to hold it for you. (laughs) So tiny bag, great for posing in photos. Tiny bag, not good when you're a real person who has to carry stuff. But what we are seeing are those like 90s inspired shoulder bags. So if you're wearing a kind of basic outfit, and you pop on one of these in like a fun color or some texture, you know, the pleats or a puffy one. Now you have an ensemble. Are, are you into the Chunky Hill or are we back to stilettos? So platforms are everywhere. Here's the thing, like platforms are really fun for Instagram and the red carpet. <laughs> but if you are a real person navigating any kind of sidewalk, street, cobblestone, <laughs> mass transit, They're not the most friendly, but they are surprisingly more comfortable than a regular heel. Absolutely. So you're going to have to just like Sophie's choice. So let's talk about wedding fashion. What are your suggestions for how to show up at, at this new wedding season? The bad news is that cutouts are huge this season. 
They are on everything. I myself was shopping for some event dresses and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. And then I look at the back or the side view and like it's missing the whole like side to to back. So that's great if you've actually um, been working out during the pandemic and are feeling really fit. If you're not, there are dresses that have full bodices. Don't worry. Go big, go bold, you know, go bright. Who knows when we'll have another wedding season like this again. And I think really right now it's about picking something you just love and feel great in. And and shorts at fancy events. I feel like this is one, a trend that I saw you start essentially, like you've had some really cute looks with shorts and blazers and things like that. But then Kristen Stewart must have seen your Instagram because she did it at the Oscars. <laughs> so, long time follower, so long time fan. What is, what is your take on this, this new trend for others? You know, she felt great in those shorts. And that's really the whole point of getting dressed up. You want to feel great and comfortable and sexy and fabulous and whatever. I'm all for formal shorts. Formal shorts are tough though. You're not going to find a ton of them. The trick is you want them to be like kind of a high waist. You want them to have some kind of like, you know, real special fabric. I'm very into a leather short. These are not camp shorts. You know what I mean? These are not beach shorts and that's hard to find, but I love it. If you can find a short set that has a matching top, people will think you're a fashion genius when all you did was dress like a toddler with a matching shirt and bottom. (laughs) Well, lastly, are we ready to put a nail in the pandemic style coffin? Is athleisure, as everyday wear, a thing of the past? I Listen, if I said, yes, we're (laughs) we're not wearing like matching sweatsuits and tie-dye everything and loungewear and slippers wherever we want, people would would (laughs) rebel. (laughs) And I am sensitive to that. So I say comfort will always be key. Today is my first official day back at the office. And for my commuter outfit, I am in cute sneakers and I will be wearing my cute sneakers all day because that is life now. So I think as scary as it sounds to put on what we call hard clothes, Try it. It'll be amazed how you feel in your big girl clothes. Andrea, you give the best tips and it's always so great to have you on. Thank you. My pleasure. (laughs) All right. Now, as some of you longtime listeners know, one of my first loves growing up was Jonathan Taylor Thomas, JTT. (laughs) Seriously, whenever I am asked what my dream dead or alive dinner party would look like, I always say it'd be me, Jesus, Harriet Tubman, JTT, my great-grandma, and my husband, so I wouldn't have to go back and tell him what they all said. (laughs) I had a deep Tiger Beat love for JTT, man, and apparently so did Miss Dakota Johnson. While on with James Corden, the Fifty Shades actress retold the story of being a kid and spotting the young home improvement star at the airport and how her mother embarrassingly tried to introduce her to Thomas. It's definitely something to make you smile and honestly made me a little jealous. Take a listen. I think I was eight. Right. Oh my God, mom, it's him. It's really him. And I was like, we're gonna be married. We're gonna be together forever. He yeah. was like, my. I was. I was like, we're the same. We love each other. Yeah. She was like, Jonathan, Jonathan. I'm Melanie Griffith. And I was like across the airport in um, behind, behind a plant. You just hid the whole time. Yeah, I wouldn't. I was obvious. I was very visible. I couldn't hide behind the plant. <laughs> Look, I I get how nervous she must have been, and I probably would have reacted the same way if my mom did that. But Dakota, that was your chance, man. (laughs) Well, thank you all for joining us again today. We'll be back again tomorrow to send you off into the weekend with more of People Every Day.